Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Hi, it's Rob Moore here, and this is part two of my hijacking of the Progressive Property Podcast. I thought I'd keep the same theme. So two things are happening right now. One is I'm doing some mini episodes, bonus episodes on raising JV finance. After all, I've done over 700 property purchases with none of my own money. And I don't say that to go, whoa, look at me. It was mostly thanks to Mark and his deposits and then his family money and then my family money and then friends money and then external partners money. A lot of people think you can't raise JV finance or I suppose until they've done it, they think it's really hard. So I want to give you lots of tips that I think are practical that you can use. And then also in this three part mini series on the Progressive Property Podcast, uh, we're doing a competition where 11 of you can win a £3,000 four day property investor masterclass. Now, all you have to do is listen to one of these three episodes. Well, you have to listen to them all. Um, Somewhere you will hear me or someone ask you a question about one of the three episodes, uh, and then you're being given instructions on where to answer that question. Uh, And if you're one of the first 11, then you get a £3,000 four-day property investor masterclass. Don't worry, you'll know how and when to do it when it arrives. You just have to be here. Okay, so I've got six tips I've written down here to help you raise finance more easily for your property deals. Um, And the first one is called selling through. And that is a lot of people when they're looking to raise money, directly ask for money. Now, directly asking for money is better than not asking for money because, you know, maybe one in 10 people that you directly ask for money, you might get some money out of. But the thing is, if you directly ask for money, people can't help but feel that you just want them for their money. Now, I set up my foundation recently, the Rob Moore Foundation, and I'd say probably every two or three days I'm getting a phone call or a letter in the post. So I've had, what, dozens of these since the foundation was set up. Now, these people didn't know me and didn't want to know me until I had a foundation and they thought, oh, well, Rob's loaded. Uh, And they're all pitching me for money anywhere between £1,000 and £88,000. Oh, they like Rob now. However, if I'd have known these people for six to 12 months, if they'd have built a relationship with me over time, uh, and then when their moment came, we had already had good trust and rapport and they asked me for money or at least to some of my time for a proposal, I'd have been much more open to it. So the first thing you need to do is you need to always be looking for raising finance. Anyone you meet anywhere, a property event, a business event, online, doing your Facebook Lives, doing your social media posts on LinkedIn, friends, family, dinner, social, weddings, you name it. I'm not saying you're going and pitching everyone to raise money. I'm saying that you want to always think that someone that you meet could be someone who could be a finance partner of yours. Now, let's imagine that one in five people you meet has some kind of money, you know, decent enough money for a deposit or full amount of purchase price for a few properties. Well, apparently you're going to meet 10,000 people or more in your life. So, you know, that's a lot of people, 3,000 odd people that could have money for ventures with you. Now, people don't care what you know till they know that you care. And people will mostly do business with and ventures with people they trust over and above any other criteria. So just by that sort of definition, if you like, if you are always radar on for anyone could be a possible partner and always developing that relationship, like always, 
i.e. not, oh, I need money for a deposit in the next three weeks. Right now, I've got to go on a mission to find money. Because also, if you develop relationships over time when you don't need the money, they'll sense that you don't need the money and therefore they'll be comfortable with you. Whereas if you've got two weeks to complete an idea, if you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. And you're like, you know, putting the message out to the whole world desperately that you need the money. OK, you might find the money, but it's going to be far more attritional. You're going to hit a lot more resistance because people don't join venture with you and lend money to you because they think you need the money. They do it because they want their own needs met. You know, whether that's a better return on investment or something for their pension or something for the children or to. Um, you know, reinvest profits into another asset class or because they sold a business or whatever. Now, when you're pitching for money, the reality is you're, that's your need. You want the money. And somehow you've got to not disguise that need, but get, but get rid of the sense that that's the only reason that you want to do joint, joint ventures. And when you've got a couple of weeks left to get the money for a deal, you're not going to be able to hide that need. So I guess the point is, one, act like you don't need the money. Uh, you, it's easier to act like you don't need the money when you're building relationships over time because you want to build relationships when you don't need the money, such that the money is there when you need the money. Now, I like to predict this in, in advance for the people that I help and I mentor and many of you in the community. So even when people have got one deposit, five deposits, I'm always putting in their action steps every month if I'm mentoring them or just, you know, if I'm helping them out, I suggest to them that they start looking to raise the finance before they've run out of the money. Because if you look for the finance before you've run out of money, you're going to have more finance when you run out of money. And then also when you run out of money, you'll always you'll already have the relationship there to call in on. You know, you want to build the goodwill out and out and out and then occasionally call in that goodwill. Gary Vaynerchuk wrote a book called, I think it was Jab, Jab, Right Hook, or it might have been Jab, 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 Right Hook. A jab is the giving of content, of goodwill, and the hook is the, hey, ask for some money, do a sale, do a pitch. So I think you should be jab, 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 bosh, knockout. Jab, 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 bosh, knockout. So building the relationship, the goodwill, following people, liking their posts, sharing their posts, giving them good value, being good company, that builds all the goodwill. And then three, six, 12 months later, it's like, ah, I have a property deal that I'm completing on soon. I wonder if you'd be interested in partnering with me. And because there's going to be virtually no resistance then. So that moves on to the initial point I started. I'm kind of doing these in, a, in whatever order I want, basically. And that's selling through. So selling through is a lovely little technique. It's like a little script. If I said to you, hey, um, have you got any money to do a joint venture? You might have, but you're probably going to resist me. The walls are going to go up. I'm asking you for money. 
But if I said to you, do you know anyone who wants to get a better return than they're getting in the bank? Do you know anyone who wants to have half ownership of property with half the equity and half the capital appreciation? That little, do you know anyone who? Do you know anyone who's got some money to invest that wants a better return? What it does is, it unconsciously, it's still a pitch. Because if I say to you, do you know anyone who would like to subscribe to a podcast? Um, then yes, you might know someone. But the reality is you have to think about it yourself because I'm asking you to think about if you know anyone. So that little script is a pitch because it's asking you, do you know anyone who? But it's gentle because it's not saying, give me your money. And that gives the recipient of that, do you know anyone who pitch, the ability to say, um, no, I don't know anyone. But if that's the case, then you haven't broken the rapport with a bit of a, a pushy sale. Or they say, yes, I know someone, in which case you get the referral or the recommendation. Or they say, I might be interested. So you simply, any pitch that you do, any time, you can do this for anything. Do you know anyone who would be interested in, and then you insert whatever it is that you're asking for, a loan, a joint venture, some kind of business proposal, etc. And that's called selling through, which is more effective than selling to. Now, the common theme with building the relationship before you need the money and acting like you don't need the money and selling through, not selling to, is this state that you don't need the deal and this state of being prepared well in advance, already having the relationship before you ask for the money. And, and that's where most of the time you'll get rejected for raising money, not because your deal isn't good or the proposal isn't good or whatever. It's because they don't know you well enough. There's not enough credibility, track record, history and relationship. So the third tip then is the seven lunch rule. Now, for many years, I used to do our joint venture consultation, two day training, um, where I was teaching people how to raise joint finance because uh, joint venture finance and, and borrowing loans and all the different crowdfunding ways to raise money. Because like I said, I've done a lot of deals with Mark's money and then we raised Mark's mum's money, then Mark's stepdad, then my mum, then my uncle. Um, then we went out to people who uh, we knew in business and we met at business networking events. Then we raised money from people um, who maybe met us through progressive property and then people who we met in the Cayman Islands and people who are in the top 10 golfers in the world. And all of, all of a sudden, all these random connections start. But they started quite close in the small network that I had. And when I was running these courses, teaching people um, how to raise finance, I'd ask people, let's say you didn't know anyone, you know, you just random person, never met them before. How many times would you have to have had some kind of liaison or interaction with them before you consider going into some kind of venture with them? Whether that's a lunch, a dinner, meeting at a networking event or an email exchange. And I'd say less than three, put your hand up. Three to six, put your hand up. Seven to 10, put your hand up. 11 or more, put your hand up. And what you'd find is five to 10% were, le were less than three. So one or two or maybe three. About 10-ish, mm, 15% were more than 11. Like my business partner, Mark, it'd be 900 times for Mark. The, the other 75-ish percent were in the three to 10 category. And the most common average number was seven, give or take one. So what we're saying is most people would consider a JV, consider lending money, consider investing on average seven touch points, email, phone, lunch, dinner, meeting, whatever. So if you pitch before those seven, statistically, you're never going to get the money. Of course, if you wait till number 15, you're probably, um, there's, you know, there's just too much 
what would you call it? Messing around, delaying tactics or, you know, you've probably overcooked it. You could have asked for the deal or the joint venture sooner. I mean, some people say naught to three because they're business people and they're busy. And, you know, they think, OK, well, if I'm interested, I'm interested and I want to know. So it was those kind of people. And then it was the sceptical people or the people who have been screwed over in the past who were like 11 or more. So that insight, that data, if you like, should log in your brain to basically encourage you to get to seven and then to ask. Just use it as one. Get to seven, then ask. Get to seven, then ask. I.e., don't ask for money in the third meeting. Don't wait till the 10th. Also, if you combine it with the selling through technique, get to seven and then say, do you know anyone who'd be invested, interested in doing joint ventures in property? Have, have a, a little discussion, see how amenable they are. And then at, the, at that point, you could say, hey, look, I've got a couple of deals on the table. If you're interested in discussing and no problem, if you're not, could you put me in touch with someone who is? And that is statistically from all our research. And I've, I've now done what, 1200 speeches and I've trained more than 100,000 people in property, way more. Statistically, that's the sweet spot. So if you follow that model, you're most, I'm not saying it's going to work every time. Of course not. You know, there's going to be some times when people need more time or, or just sometimes when they don't have the money and they've strung you along. But that will be a smaller percentage. OK, so in the next podcast coming soon, I'm going to cover how you get your message out to everyone such that you build all this goodwill, such that you'll get deals and money coming to you. That was fourth on my list. I'm going to give you some alternative events to go to that aren't property networks or progressive property networks where I think you could raise good money, where people like Mark and I have raised money before. And I'm going to give you a technique called time bridging, which is essentially creating the perception that you've spent a lot more time with people than you have to get to those seven touch points so you can make them happen as quickly as possible so you can raise your finance as quickly as possible. All right. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, remember to invest for freedom, choice and profit. Or if you follow me, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Maybe at the end of this episode coming soon is the question. And if it's not, then it's at the next episode coming soon. So do listen out and I wish you good luck in your pursuit of winning £33,000 worth of courses that we're giving away. £11,000 four-day property masterclasses to celebrate our 11th birthday at Progressive Property. Thanks for tuning in.